0: Welcome, welcome, welcome I hope y'all strapped in I got a word prepared for y'all And I just want to warn y'all, I never preached in weeks So, I got all this bottled up And I got to let it loose Thank y'all for joining us, so I'm going to let it loose on y'all Amen, amen So I got a question to ask y'all before I get started what y'all in for? Hmm? What y'all did? What you in for? You ever had that question asked to you? What you in for? If you maybe heard that question before, like me, maybe was in a place where you wish you wasn't. Hmm. The last time I heard that question being asked to me, I was locked up in jail, behind bars. And someone that I was sharing a cell with asked me that question, what are you in for? Meaning, what have you done to be here? (laughs) What got you in this place? then further along you hear other questions like so did you actually do what you are accused of? And then this is the question right there that really hits hard. How long are you looking at to be in here for? How long are you looking at To be in here for? Those questions right there. What are you in for? The Holy Spirit revealed something to me. You good. He says, My people, so much of my people is locked up. So many of them is locked up right now in a spiritual prison. Doing time, hard time in a spiritual prison. Locked up behind bars. Confined within unholy guidelines. Locked up. What is our release date? How many times, how much time do we have to serve? First and foremost, what are we in here for? What are we in here for? Most Christians ain't living free. They're living lives on bail. They're on bail right now, out on bail. Something bailed them out of that spiritual prison they was in. And if you know, like I know, if you ever been in that system, bail is just temporary. Because no matter who bail you out or how you get bailed out, you still got that time and that issue hanging over your head. You ain't totally free. They got so much Christians these days. I don't bail, but ain't free. And they keep looking for their release date. Looking for their release date. Bail. What you talking about, bail? Bail might look like this. Someone we connect with. Man, I'm in this rut. I'm in my feelings. I'm in my emotions. You know what? I need to hit someone up. I need to connect with somebody. I need a distraction. That's a bell. <laughs> somebody show up and bail you out. You, you make you feel like you're free from that prison, but only for a little bit. Only temporarily. Oh, yeah, man. What about a feeling? Sometimes we go buy stuff to make us feel better. That's a bell right there. Man, I'm feeling unhappy. I'm feeling worthless. Let me go out, let me purchase something. Lift my spirits up. Then after you possess it, what happens? Fades away. Oh, man, man, let me go drink something. Sip on something. Let me go smoke something right quick. Lighten up my spirits. Bail. But at the end of the day, what happens? Hmm? That that, that bounty hunter demon. (laughs) Come, him me up again and you're right back in that same prison, right back in that same jail. For Christians, prayer becomes a lot of our bail. Pray for me. Pastor, pray for me. Sister, pray for me. And they pray for you and they pray for you, but for some reason you don't feel like you're moving out of that prison. But just for that moment, mm-hmm. and a little time after that, okay, you feel all right. You feel good. Because a lot of people don't understand that Prayer just paves the way. You still got to do stuff on your part. You know, because people can't pray for you and automatically you out. There's some steps that you got to do to regain your freedom to make that decision. And a lot of times we go, hey, man, pray for me. Lay hands on me. Slay me in the spirit again. They be having people at the altar week after week after week after week. Lay hands on me. Slay me in the spirit. Pray for me. Prophesy on me man, woman of God. Please. Because I need a touch. I need some bail. I need some bail money. Bail me out. Because when I go back home to my life, my daily routine, I feel like I'm in prison. When is that release date? Scripture a lot of times, people got those scriptures, those key scriptures that they go to. Hey, man, give me a scripture. Give me a word from God. But a scripture without application don't do nothing for you. It's not, it's not a good thing if you have uh, all of the deodorants in the world. If you don't apply it, it's useless. You're going to still stink. Still going to be muzzy, Still going to be funky. Doesn't matter if you have it or not. Like, like I got the Bible, I got the Word of God for all you applying it. Because without applying it, it does nothing in your possession. Bail, bail, temporary release, bail. This is my favorite one, the last one. Church attendance, bail. How many of us run to the church house just to get a little touch? We're present with no presence, though. <laughs> We're present there thinking that, oh, if I show up, me, my porter, you know, bail me out of my little, my little prison, my little spiritual prison for a little bit. Oh, man, I felt so good. I hear him talking about it at, at lunch after church. Oh, our service was amazing. Man, I felt so good. By Monday morning, back in that same prison. Some of them, soon when they pull out of the parking lot, they're back in that same prison. Little bell. Little bell here and there. They present with no presence. They're here, but they don't even experience the presence of God. Bail me out. People, bail me out. Pastor, pray for me, bail me out. Let me go buy something to bail me out. Let me connect with this person to bail me out. Let me do this. Go here just to bail me out. Temporary relief for a lifetime of being locked down? When is the release date? When are we totally free? Mm. Mm-mm. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for your spirit coming in, over oh, the God, Lord, just being able to speak to us like only you can. Lord, right now we ask that you open up the eyes of our understanding to be able to receive your word, to grow in you, Father God, Lord. Allow your spirit to illuminate on us, shine your light on us, and reveal to us the areas where we lack. where we need to grow, Father God, Lord, the things that we need to remove for you can be added more to us, Father God, the things that we need to pour out so you can pour in. All right right now, Father God, Lord, we welcome your presence. We welcome your spirit. Lord, we pray against the spirit of distraction, doubt, skepticism. Oh, Father God, Lord, we are allowing right now. We're giving your spirit the power and the position to be able to move like only you can move. Have your way in this place. Have your way in our hearts, of Father God, Lord. I pray that every word I utter be of your spirit. Be attached to your spirit. And if I utter anything that is not like you, I pray that you shut their spirits off to not receive it, oh, Father God, Lord. And I pray that you open up their spirits to receive every single thing that is of you, your spirit, so they can glorify you, oh, Father God, Lord, for they can grow in you. Because only by you, oh, Father God, we are changed and transformed. Thank you, oh, Father God, Lord. We're in the right position right now, Father God. Lord, we ask him and we welcome you to show up and show out. And Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bible, turn to Acts chapter 16, verse 16 to 34. If you want, we got the up here. Yeah, we're we, we graduating, y'all, even though the enemy tried to shut us down this morning. then mess up the Wi-Fi. But I went ahead and did mobile. <laughs> Casting from my phone, mobile hotspot. So we're going to still work it. Amen. I've time on these slides. Y'all won't see these slides. Y'all will get these slides. Amen. We're in book of Acts. Chapter 16. We're going to start at verse 16. I'm reading out of the New King James Version. If you will bear with me. Pause. Reads as follows. Now it happened, as we went to prayer, that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination. Let me pause for a second. Spirit of divination. That's communication with a deity for the purpose of determining the deity's knowledge resulting in cal- clarification of a decision on discernment of the future. I fortune telling and stuff of that nature trying to predict the future outside of God and all that craziness, that's the spirit of divination. Who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, these men are the servants of the most high God who proclaimed to us the way of salvation. And this she did for many days. Many days she was following them sarcastically, yelling this out. But Paul, greatly annoyed. Look what he did, because he was greatly annoyed. Look what the man of God did. Turn and said to the spirit, I command you, in the name of Jesus Christ, to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. He cast that demon out. Being greatly annoyed. A lot of things that we do when we're greatly annoyed <laughs> ain't casting out demons, Right? When we greatly annoyed, a lot of things go forth and it's not holy. And the results ain't holy. But he was greatly annoyed and he cast out this demon. Okay? We a little further. But when her master saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. And they brought them to the magistrates and said, These men, being Jews, exceedingly troubled our city. And they teach customs which are not lawful for us. Being Romans, to receive or observe. Then the multitude rose up together against them. And the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them secure. They got thrown in jail for something they didn't even do wrong. When they cast out that spirit of divination, they made the people mad that was profiting off of that. So they called the Romans and it was like, hey, These people are teaching and doing things against the guidelines of the Roman Empire. Throw them in jail. They lied on them to get them thrown in jail. So they was in prison for something they didn't do. So how many of us are doing a hard time and we did nothing wrong? How many of us are spiritually in prison and we didn't even do nothing wrong? I was asking y'all, what y'all in here for? That's the question you get when you get locked up. What you in here for? So I'm asking that question spiritually. What you in here for? What did you do to be spiritually imprisoned to the thing that you are spiritually imprisoned to? Because you see Paul and Silas, Silas gets arrested for something they didn't even do, but they're locked up now. A bunch of us are spiritually imprisoned for some things we didn't even do. Some things that our parents did or did not do. That puts us in a position emotionally or, or in a position with our uh, our mindset, the destructive patterns that we go through. And now we're imprisoned by what became of that. We're spiritually in prison during time. Feeling like we can't even bail out. Find freedom in that area. We didn't even do it or something happened to us in our past. Maybe someone did something to us, stole our innocence. Maybe we was molested growing up. And now we're reaping that prison of those emotions that was tied to that, feeling that worthlessness and and all that chaos that was tied to that. And we feel like, man, we're locked down, waiting for a release date, waiting for freedom from this issue that we've been imprisoned to for so long. How many of us are in prison to the past? Still in prison in the past? Waiting on that release date. Like we was talking about earlier about certain things bind us out. But they don't want to set us free. It's a difference. Because when something binds you out, it's only temporary. But you still got that case over your head. You still know if I don't deal with this issue, I'm going to be right back in jail. Now what happens? People bind us out. Possessions bind us out. Addictions bind us out. But then that's only temporary. And then we're right back in that prison where we wake up to them. Surrounded by that hurt, that pain, that brokenness. In prison to it. In prison in the past. Unlocked. What must we say about the past? The Word of God got a lot of things concerning the past. One of the scriptures is right here, Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. And it reads as follows: Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended it, meaning possess it. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Like before worship. God gave me a revelation. He says, whenever you're moving forward in the momentum, even when you fall, you fall forward. And not back. Because when you're moving forward in momentum, even if something tricks you up, when you fall, you fall forward. Because the momentum you was moving in pushes you forward. So even when you fall, you gain ground. So when you get up, you're, you're further along than you was before you fell. It says, no. I don't have to possessed because as soon as you get that freedom from one thing, something else pops up. So you got to continue to look forward in everything. Because trust me, I'm not, I'm not talk about the past. A lot of people think about years ago. The past can be yesterday. It can be an issue that happened this morning that you're emotionally imprisoned to at this moment. But we got to continue to look forward. Another scripture, Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18 and 19. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and the rivers in the desert. Another verse says, Do not dwell on the former things. Dwell. What's dwelling? Dwell in this room we think, speak right at length about particular subjects, especially when that is the source of unhappiness, anxiety, and dissatisfaction. Dwelling. Don't dwell in the past. The past has passed. Don't dwell on it. We can't change it. Don't dwell on it. Look forward to the things that God is paving out. And look. Behold, I will do a new thing. Behold, I am doing a new thing. God says, if you're looking forward, I'm paving ways where there used to be no way. I'm I'm bringing you miraculous things because look, it says rivers in the desert. It can be a dry season, but you're going to be hydrated and soaked (laughs) in my peace and my joy, in the fullness of me, even in the surrounding areas where there's a drought. He said, I'm making rivers in the desert. I'm doing the miraculous things. He said, I'll make a road in the wilderness. You know what a wilderness is? It's uncharted territory. That's why it's called a wilderness. He said, I'm making a way in uncharted territory for you. So don't dwell in the past because if you're dwelling in the past, you're missing the future. You're missing the days that I'm bringing forth. One more verse. I have been crucified through Christ and is no longer, I want y'all to say that with me, no longer. One more time. No longer. no longer. Okay, now the next time you say it, I need you to say it with authority. No longer. No longer. I who live. But Christ lives in me and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I no longer live. The things that happened to me no longer live. The, the issues, the letdowns, the mistakes, the shortcomings no longer live. I put that to death when I put me to death. And now what lives is the Spirit of God that's living within me that goes forward. Not the former things. The past has died. The old me has died. The things that happened to the old me. They are no longer alive. Now that lives in me is the spirit of God. So the question is, why is it so easily said and done? I hear you. I heard plenty sermons about the messages and leaving the past, but why is easily preached than done <laughs> for a lot of us? Why is so hard? Why is it so hard to move away from the past? Let me tell you something. It's not really the past that hurts. It's the impressions and the memories that those past things left on us that hurt. The scars. The scars. The deeper the wound, (laughs) the more visible the scars, right? It leaves marks. Those things hurt so deeply it leaves marks. A lot of people always talk about betraying hurts, words when it comes from someone that you love. I always tell them that you can't be betrayed unless it's by someone that you love, unless it's by someone that you have connection with, someone that you trusted, someone that you extended faith in, because you can't be betrayed by a stranger. You know, you can't go to a a convenience store and you get into it with the clerk and you ask for the manager the manager shows up and they lie on you and you be like how you going to betray me like that Mm. no it doesn't hurt that much you probably get disappointed but it doesn't hurt betrayal hurts deeply because you entrusted people with a certain area of your life you entrusted them with a piece of you and it cuts deep because you had trust, you had love, you had a connection with that person, it was someone that knew you and you knew them that's something that cuts deep and a lot of us, we, we have them scars and it's like we can't get through that, over that. It runs our lives. It keeps us in prison. And only certain things can bail us out temporarily. But we're not free. We're not walking in the freedom that comes with Christ. We're not walking in that freedom. I see what the Bible has to say about wounds and scars. Psalm chapter 147 verse 3 says he heals the broken and binds up their wounds. When, let me tell you, when you go to the doctor, what does the doctor do? He examines you. He sees the issue. And then what? Starts working on that issue, fixing the issue. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. When you're in the presence of your doctor, when the last time you was in the presence of the doctor, I'm talking about God, the greatest the physician there is, when you was in his presence to be able to allow him to heal you. Hmm? I'm not talking about little phone all the drop nah, be in his presence knowing that, okay, you're the only person that can fix me. So I need to be in your presence to receive this healing. Because trust me, your doctor can't heal you if you're at home. You have to be in the presence of the doctor. You know, so if you ain't showing up where the doctor's at to be able to receive that healing, then how are you going to get healed? How are you going to get healed outside of the presence of the healing? Mm. Another one. Jeremiah chapter 33 verse 6. Behold, I will bring it hell and healing. I will heal them and reveal to them the abundance of peace and truth. Another one said the abundance of peace and security. The thing that happens in our past that makes it so hard for us to shake it off is whenever something happens in our past, then just attached to that area and attaches a lie to it. So we start believing that we're something we're not because of what happened to the past. So it's hard for us to know our true identity because of the lie that was planted in that situation in the past that we're in prison to. And here we are, continue to look for a release date when it says, behold, I will bring it help and healing, meaning I'm gonna heal up those wounds and then reveal the abundance of peace, meaning you will have peace. Because that's what we learn it for. When we get bailed out of our situation, we want peace because it's chaotic in here, spiritually. It's chaotic. That's why we feel imprisoned to it. It's like we can't shake that feeling. We can't shake that. So we want something to bail us out. We need peace, we need peace. We don't have peace in our own skin. We don't have peace when we're alone in this quiet. We're getting tormented. We're in prison. We need peace. Peace. And then it says, and truth. How you fight a lie? You fight the lie with truth. With truth. And only the truth of God's word can bring us the security that we need. Only the truth of his word can bring us that security. So that's how you fight that lie with the truth of God's word. And that's how you get secured in who you are and who God calls you to be. That's why so much of our Christians are spiritually imprisoned and walking in freedom because we don't know who we are in God. Our identity, our identity is challenging, it's messed up because of the lies that was planted in our past to make us believe who we're not. So we can't accept the word of God for us to believe who we are. Mm. One more. Beloved, do not avenge yourself, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written. Vengeance is mine. I will be paid, says the Lord. Well, he spoke to me about this verse, that's why I put it up there. He says, when we step back, he steps forward. A lot of times we want to solve things on our own. We we, we want to, okay, let me, let me implement this. Let me go this route. Let me do this. Let me try this. Let me try that. And God said, when you step back, I step forward. Meaning when you step back, and let me be God. <laughs> let me be God. Be still and know I am God. Step back from the issue. Stop trying to fight it in your own strength. God said, you step back and let me step forward. He said, because I'm not going to step forward if you continue to step forward. So I'm a gentleman, God. I'm going to allow you to do your thing until you allow me to do mine. When you give me the opportunity to step in, then I will. But I'm telling you, I'm going to sit right where you left me. Listen to that, right where you left me. Because a lot of times we leave God going on our own, trying to fix things, trying to fix problems. Oh, man, this person did me this this bad, so you know what? I'm not going to do this no more. I'm going to become this person because of that. God says, nah, because now you're, you're, now you're stopping yourself from being the person I created you to be because the world wasn't ready for that, or oh, the world pushed it away. This is the same thing to my son. Did that stop him from being who I created him to be? Why should it stop you? If you have a big heart, have a big heart. But let me step in. And you follow me. Because I'm going to show you how to use that big heart. A lot of times, we, we end up in that situation because we go off, roll from the spirit of God. We go off and we think by our natural means, we can change spiritual things, especially people. I did this, I did that, and that person still did me like this. Deep down inside a lot of us, Christians, we want to see that person's downfall. I can attest to that. I can attest to that. A lot of people that did me wrong, I didn't say it out loud, but deep down inside, I wanted to see them fail. I wanted to see them hurt. I wanted to see them feel like me. And I wanted to have front row tickets to it. Does the Bible tell us to do that? What well, it tells us to do about our enemies? Pray for them. Pray for them. Because let me tell you something. The same forgiveness that God extends to you, he extends to your enemies also. Because the the people that we consider enemies, you got to understand that Christ died for them too. Mm, mm. Because a lot of times you like to play the the hero in our stories, huh? And everybody else that's doing us wrong is the villains. But you know Christ died for the villain in you too? It says yet when we were still sinners, Christ died. So the question is, when does God show up to release me from my prison? Because we're looking for that release date, right? We in here, we're doing time, spiritually. We're locked up in this prison. this hurt, this doubt, this brokenness. We're locked up in this prison. And we're like, okay, when, when do I get out? When do I get out of this prison? When do God show up to release me from this prison? Read as follows. Let's go back to our portion of scripture. Acts chapter 16, verse 25. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners was listening to them. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison was shaken. And immediately, all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loose. And the keeper of the prison Awaking from sleep, and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword, and was about to kill himself. But Paul called with a loud voice and said, Do yourself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light, ran in, and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas, and he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved. When does God show up to release me from my prison? The question is, when did God show up for Paul and Silas to release them? Now they're in prison right now. Okay? Now the, the person that's actually free is asking them, what must I do to be saved? So, you're in prison and the person that's actually free that's supposed to guard you in the prison that you're in is asking you, "How do I be free? How can I get freedom?" And you're the one that's in chains. So the question is, when did God show up to release Paul and Silas from prison? Hmm? Go back. But at midnight, Paul and Silas was praying and singing hymns to God. Let me tell y'all this. It was at the prison already free. There's already walking in freedom. Because spiritual freedom doesn't matter where you're at naturally. You can be in jail in a penitentiary and have spiritual freedom. Paul and Silas was praying and singing hymns to God. Meaning, even though it was locked up, mm-hmm. there was free. Yeah. There was free. They was already free. That was a sign of a free person. In the midst of any situation, they're praying and singing hymns to God. They're worshiping. They're praying. Mm-hmm. And then they have the opportunity. Now, a lot of us not knowing, not having that wisdom and knowledge about God and, and being in tune with God, we would think whenever the earthquake happened and the shackles fell off, that was God showing up to release us. Mm-hmm. We would think that. If we're not that mature in God, we would think, yeah, this is God showing up. There has to be God showing up. It's miraculous. They saved. They saved. Why? They knew they were signed. They were free. They was in God. And they knew it was God's will for them to be there. Even though they had an experience where they could have just walked on out of the prison. And what transpired from that? What transpired from that, sir? What must I do to be saved? Other people got freed. From them walking in, they freedom. Someone else got freed, because they're looking at this situation like, wait, this makes no sense to me. You had the opportunity to walk on out, but you stood here. You still here. This dude is about to kill himself, thinking, oh man, if all the prisoners go free. Just walk out, man. They're gonna blame me. I might as well kill myself. Paul was like, "No, no, no, no. We still here. Why? Because we know our assignment. Because we walked up in here free. <laughs> we was in a in a courthouse being beaten with rods, free. Nothing you can do to us naturally can take away the freedom that we have spiritually. So it might look to you that we're in a position. Less than you, but I'm telling you right now, we got the higher hand. Because so we know God. And God prays spiritual freedom. we free. we in here singing and praising God because we know we're free. Even though we are chained up naturally, we're free. we free. So when did God show up? He already has. He already has. For each and every one of us. Our freedom was brought at a high cost. On a cross. It was pointed as a high cost. Romans 16, for the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. For the life that he lives, he lives to God. He did it once. It's up to us to make it personal. We have to make it personal. We have to walk in that freedom. He already purchased our freedom at a high cost. He gave us authority at a high cost. He saved us from our sins at high cost. We're in a prison with the door open. It's an open door. We must receive it personally and then we can walk out and be free. Be free. There are too many Christians walking around that's institutionalized. When you be in prison for so long. It becomes your real life. So even when you're on the outside, you live like you're still chained up, like, like you're still in prison. How many Christians we got walking around institutionalized, living like we still locked up, like we still bound, like we still in chains, like we still shackled, knowing that we should be walking in freedom? Let me ask this question. When was y'all release date? What y'all in for? Prison. What what y'all in a spiritual prison for? What are y'all in for? What charges the enemy is trying to bring upon you? To keep you locked up. To keep you bounded. To keep you in prison spiritually. The reason why you ain't walking in that freedom. What charges? And when is your release date? Question: When is your release day? Second Corinthians five seventeen says: Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. All things became new. I'm close with this. We always have communion as a reminder of the price that was paid on the cross. As that reminder, are we reminded about the freedom that was given to us with the high price that was paid Because if we partake of communion like we're about to do, and we haven't even grasped the concept of how free we are, and we we partake of communion, and then we go back to that same prison, that same cell that we've been living in, are we really doing it in remembrance of him? So my question is, when are you getting out? Hmm? That's a a personal decision. When are you getting out? The door is open. It's been open. Like for the benediction, they said the doors of the church are open. I'm telling you right now, that prison door is open. There's no guards. There's no warden. That's just Satan, demons, dressed up in uniforms, playing, trying to scare you, trying to intimidate you into standing in that prison. But the door is wide open. It's our decision to get up and walk out. It's our decision to get up and walk out. It's your decision to get up and walk out. What is your release date? When you make that decision, that you will no longer be in that prison, that you can continue to walk in freedom and remind yourself daily that it's a daily decision for you to walk in that freedom. Because trust me, thoughts will pop up about the past. Don't answer. They knock on your door, do they people? No, I'm good. I'm free. I'm free from that. I'm free from that issue. I'm free from that past. I'm free from that pain. I'm free from that hurt. I'm free from that person. It no longer controls me. I'm not in prison anymore. I've been set free. And who the son set free is free indeed. He's free indeed. When are we going to begin walking in that freedom? When are we going to begin walking in that freedom? Let me tell you right now, if we ain't free, how can we free others? How can we bring freedom to others? If Paul and Silas wasn't free, how did that jailer become free? Because not only, you can read further and see that not only he got free, but his whole household got free. Because he went back to his household and they got saved so they got freed when people see us walking in freedom they encourage others to begin to walk in freedom but if people continue to see the church institutionalized and and just walking around on bail not fully fully freed because I, I can guarantee you when Jesus stepped into our life and we accept Jesus all the charges was dropped while the charges drop let him go let him go let him go let him go every sin charges drop let him go every mistake charges drop let him go every shortcoming charges drop let him go Free him. and guess what you're free to go you're free to go all we walk in in that freedom. Are we? If you're not, Take me by this the opportunity to. If you battle with that prison, need to hear the wind. step forward and allow the Holy Spirit to fall upon you and for you to receive freedom like never before. You're the only friend Your release they can be now. Nah. It can be this moment. You don't have to go back to that cell. You don't have to do hard time with those issues beating up on you. Continually that just, you know, that freedom and continue to walk it out. Let me tell you something. God is not intimidated by your issues. God is not intimidated by the things you went through. Because A lot of people feel like they're so far gone. I think like went too far. But well, trust me, God loves your type. God loves your type. And he's right now standing right here with open arms saying, come on, receive this freedom, my child. My child. No longer should we step forward and walk forward in bondage. Any longer. Like earlier, I told everybody to take a deep breath. You just not know that that breath belongs to God. He gave it to you. And he can take it away that easily. Right now I tell this everyone. Don't breathe another breath. In prison. To the things of the past. It's time for us to walk in our freedom. Oh Father God, Lord. For the spirit of truth to resonate within our hearts, oh Father God, Lord. To show us, to assure us the freedom that we have, oh Father God. That we're not just free, that we are more than conquerors, oh Father God, that we have the victory, that we win. In the end, every storm, every trial, every tribulation, oh Father God, Lord, it don't matter that it comes against us because we win in the end. All things, oh Father God, Lord, work for the good of those who love you and call called apart to your purpose, oh Father God, Lord, and each and every one of us in here can attest that we do have a purpose, that we are called by you, oh Father God. Thank you, Father God, for the free of that your dog and son purchased at a high cost. So we can walk in this freedom, Father God, and we receive that in the name of Jesus right now. Amen. Now right now, I want to open up the floors. Like I said before, I started this message. I want to open up the floors to see how I spoke to y'all. Release date. I spoke to y'all. Anyone? I just message spoke to y'all. Release date. Looking for a release date. Looking for a release date. This message came to me when I was doing prison ministry, cause I'm looking at these guys that's literally in prison, but they're free. Releasing.